0: Mark D'Antonio? Is it Mark? It's Mark. Good afternoon. It's Tuesday, February 4th, and you are listening to the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news. My name is Connor Tapp, and I'm joined in the studio by Trey Scott to discuss some massive breaking news The retirement after 13 years and 115 wins of Michigan State head coach Mark Dantonio. So Trey, we're less than 24 hours before the start of the February signing period when this news comes out. I mean, that 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 seems to be the big takeaway people are having uh, reacting to this on Twitter is that Dantonio really leaving Michigan State in the lurch. Uh, Is that storyline maybe a little overrated given the? Dual signing period structure here.
1: Yeah, you had a good point before we sat down and started recording. Uh, the the take that people have as far as this is horrible timing by D'Antonio and this is unfair to all these prospects. That's like a a four year old take because right. if you look at all of his class, which you made the point at forty two nationally in the twenty four seven sports composite, not a single isn't four-star. good. Right. So you look at his class of twenty two players, only three of those are unsigned.
0: Yeah, it's almost more unfair to the 19 who signed in the early signing period in December. Yeah. Because, I mean, now there's a big question about are, are, are they going to be
1: able to transfer or, you know, have their letter of intent uh, waived by the school. As far as, like, impact for signing day, like, this it doesn't matter. This is more so just, like, the day he chose to do it. And I have a problem with that, too. I mean, it's February 4th. Right. Like he's clearly stayed on despite the f- past few years not going well on the recruiting trail or off the field or on the field. He stayed on because he received a 4.3 million dollar bonus if he was Michigan State's head coach on January 15th. Mm. Like he should like the, right. what what kind of contract is that? So like that's a whole another debate here but the fact that a, a college football coach is allowed to sign 19 players. Right. And I don't care if they're like not four stars or whatever. They're right. They're going somewhere. Right. Sign nineteen players clearly knowing that he's in one and a half months going to retire. It's just, this is pretty ridiculous, right? The timing
0: also syncs up with just a couple weeks ago in mid January, he was deposed in a wrongful termination lawsuit filed against the school by Curtis Blackwell, former Michigan state assistant. And we'll get into the reasons he's suing the school and all that situation in a bit. But uh, for now, let's focus on the football aspect of it. As you mentioned, things have not been going well on the field Uh, I mean, it's wild to think, like, if you ended the story of Mark D'Antonio's college football career in 2015, how different it would be compared to now. And that has to do with some of the scandal, but it also has to do with, you know, end of 20 end of 2015, they spoil Ohio State's bid to repeat as national champions. They end up winning the Big 10 East, but after that, they have that 3 and 9 season, then 10 and 3, then a couple of 7 and 6 seasons after that, and, you know, they were not they were not good 7 and 6 seasons. A lot of a lot of contro- even just football related controversy owed to the fact that you know not enough changes had been made to address particularly the struggles on offense.
1: Yeah, he just sort of rearranged his offensive coaching staff last offseason, and nothing was fixed. They were number 104 nationally mm. in total offense. And we expected this year for them to be, I think I had them, like number two in the Big Tenese, which is preposterous now when I look back on it. But they had kind of done the whole thing after 2015 of bouncing back after right. bad seasons because they had gone three and nine in, in 20, 2016 and then ten and three in twenty seventeen. Twenty eight, uh, twenty eighteen was seven and six. So I think this is like football wise, this is gives Michigan State a fresh start. Cause I don't I i I'm not bullish about the way this program was headed. No. You're not good on the field. You're not recruiting well. I mean, honestly, forty two in your as a recruiting class, like, okay. If you're right. Kansas State or Iowa State, that's fine, but this was a team that was in the college football playoff a few years ago. 42 is not nearly good enough to, to hang, hang with Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. This is, this is not good.
0: Yeah, and I think a, an underrated element of what's happened with Michigan State has been the realignment of divisions because when we were dealing with the leaders and legends back at the beginning part of the decade, it was Michigan State and Michigan kind of the top dogs, maybe Iowa in in the in the in the Legends division. But then uh, you get the Big Ten East, and you're having Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan all re- rebounding from kind of historic low points, at least in their recent history. And, you know, in in that environment, when Michigan State has the fourth best resources of any team in their division, I mean, you're talking about starting the season with three losses uh, in a lot of cases.
1: Yeah, and, and in a way, I think, the last few years, the struggles on the field and on the recruiting trail as far as what is in your program, what could a new coach inherit, might lower their what they could get as far as a new head coach. Mm. It, kind of the way Arkansas? like Ar- Ar- Arkansas had to go get Sam Pittman, the right. Georgia offensive line coach. Michigan State, two years ago, three years ago, I would have said, well, they can get Matt Campbell at Iowa State. Now I don't know. And now you see Cincinnati's Luke Fickle sort of sitting at atop the the coaching candidates list but let's talk let's talk about the off the field stuff connor because the last few years as this stuff has kind of been coming out leading up into today we've thought at various points over the last couple seasons that d'antonio might be done
0: right the some of the allegations levied against the the program very serious and i've it's very complicated there are a lot of Individuals involved and a lot of different allegations uh, involving different incidents. So uh, I I, kind of did my best to kind of synthesize what we know. And the Detroit News actually just published a really long feature after D'Antonio was deposed for the for the Blackwell uh, for the Blackwell case. So I'm just going to go through some of that right now. So it all kind of starts in January 2017. There's a sexual assault uh, uh, alleged. To be perpetrated by three members of the Michigan State football team. After the victim reported that crime to police, questions were raised about whether the Michigan State coaching staff acted appropriately to notify police and the relevant school officials about their knowledge of what took place. So at that point, MSU hires Cleveland-based Uh, law firm Jones Day to audit the coaching staff's conduct and found their actions to have been appropriate with the exception of assistant coach Curtis Blackwell. As a result, Michigan State fires Blackwell, and Blackwell responds by filing a lawsuit against the school alleging unlawful termination, and it's from that lawsuit and uh, the depositions for that lawsuit that we get a lot of some of these uh, details about wrongdoing in the in the Michigan State uh, Athletics Department and coaching staff. And it's important to note that all of this is going on amid the Larry Nasser investigation. So that's kind of amplifying the Ur- sense of urgency about correcting some of these issues at least outside uh whether or not that urgency is felt inside the michigan state department people uh, athletics department people maybe would say that not enough but uh so during depositions for the curtis blackwell Lawsuit. Blackwell claims that several Michigan State assistants raised concerns about the past conduct of a player named Austin Robertson, who was admitted to the school despite a string of disturbing sexual violence allegations. Blackwell says defensive line coach Ron Burton vocalized to D'Antonio, and this has been an allegation that has kind of been the money quote in, in in, in this scandal, that he wouldn't feel comfortable having Robertson on the same campus as his own daughter. Robertson is now in jail. He was convicted for a rape that he committed in April of 2017. And so also while these, uh, while that January 2017 allegation is ha- uh, is known and amid this April 2017, uh, it's not an allegation, he was convicted, D'Antonio's getting extended, Blackwell's getting extended. So it's just a real mess. And so... I mean, when we went through the, the football reasons that maybe it was time to move on from D'Antonio, but uh, you know, this, they just needed some new blood in this program, some new leadership to kind of move on uh, from
1: this whole incident. When you look at going forward in the big 10 East, you've got Ohio state, Penn state, Michigan, and then you've got your cellar dwellers. You've got Rutgers in Maryland. I don't really know where to put Indiana kind of in the middle and mm. Michigan state mm-hmm. doesn't it seem like the off the field issues that you've mentioned the on the field struggles especially the anemic offense the hor- like horrible recruiting 31 32 42 in the last three years like that's all kind of putting Michigan State in the neighborhood of an Indiana and yeah. and and you know the the guys down the street rather than the the penthouse up the block with the 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 teams that you can ride right. in stone will win 10 games each year and that's Honestly, an indictment in, in and of itself on the Mark D'Antonio era that this like, bastion of consistency and this guy who turned around this program into almost this like sleeping powerhouse of, of sorts mm-hmm. has just fallen off the fallen by the way by the wayside completely. And, and like Michigan State, I don't even regard them now as as a top tier, top flight Big Ten team.
0: Yeah, stylistically, definitely a holdover from the old era of the Big Ten, the pre-Urban Meyer era of the Big Ten. It'll be interesting to see what direction they go here. I think it's time for Michigan State to kind of think outside of the box, um, you know, when you are at the resource disadvantage that you're at in the Big Ten East, I, th- I think it's time to be creative. Um, not saying go hire Mike Leach. I mean, obviously, but, you know, the Mike Leach equivalent, um, but... I, I think it's time to to be creative because I, th- I think that is the reality of the situation for Michigan State at this point in time.
1: The ripple effect will be interesting because while it might not have mattered too much to Michigan State that of your number 42 ranked recruiting class only three were unsigned heading into signing day we're gonna have a situation now where a sitting head coach is going to take this job and his entire class will have been signed at that point point. and then you're gonna have to see what happens if that's if that's fickle at Cincinnati He's got a great class coming in and mm-hmm. a great team coming back too. So it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. I think the coaching carousel truly never stops spinning. And this is, I mean like we had, we had Bob Stoops step down a few years ago in May. Yeah. And this is a year round thing now.
0: We should say Mike Trussell, nephew of former Ohio state head coach, Jim Trussell and erstwhile defensive coordinator for Michigan state takes over as the interim head coach here. Um, but uh, with that note, I, I think that's going to do it for this special breaking news episode of the College Football Daily. If you appreciate what we're doing, please express your support by leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Trey will be back on Wednesday evening, joined by Steve Wiltfong to recap the action from National Signing Day. And who knows, uh, maybe, hopefully this is the only head coach resignation we have between now and then.